right. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Yeah, but what, what's going to happen at some point, you reach a breaking point. Number one, we're out of money. State's out of money. City's out of money. They're broke. They're in the hole. Now you have this weird fucked up situation that we're in right now limbo world that New York City is in and you have a firm like Goldman Sachs earlier this week said they're looking to move to Florida Goldman Sachs is the big dog on the block and once the big dog packs up and goes and leads the way you can bet your ass all those other companies that are down on Wall Street the financial district they're right in back of them I, I mean you know they've threatened this before in the past but what is the reason to be here a few years ago this was a world-class city it's now a second-rate dump and it's becoming unsafe and what what happens when we go back to the levels of the 80s and the 90s you know your talent doesn't want to come here it's expensive it's high taxes who needs their shit you don't need right. to be here Joining me now, 40-year NYPD Night Watch Detective Pete Panuccio. How are you doing, Pete? Good evening, sir. How are you? Very well, thanks. Uh, I was telling the story of a sleazy forgotten borough sawbones who admitted to selling prescriptions for opioids, turning his practice into a pill mill, and it gets slightly worse. The 65-year-old Eltingville physician was also willing to accept certain other forms of payment in exchange for prescriptions for powerful narcotics. Joe Santiamo focused on geriatric care, but clearly cared just as much for his younger patients from whom he allegedly solicited sex for the drugs. The Ope Peddling uh, MD ran a practice from 2012 to 2018. He specialized in end-of-life care, won awards for excellence. He was named by New York Magazine, one of the top doctors in New York in 1997, 1999, and in 1998, kind of an off year, I guess. But honors and awards don't pay the bills like pills and scripts that kill. He uh, dispensed with 100,000 oxycodone pills, hillbilly heroin, white gold, Texas tea. First thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire, but his lawyer, Joe Tacopina, says it wasn't about the money. He says uh, Dr. Santiamo's lack of judgment was not motivated by greed. He accepted responsibility for his conduct, and that conduct doesn't define who he is a kind, caring man who devoted his life to improving the welfare of others. Now, uh, Pete, I can see where that's kind of true. You know, I mean, uh, this guy uh, was part of a, a much larger bust, 20 people busted as part of a $300 million healthcare scheme that put 1.5 million pills on the street. But for some young people, the only health insurance they can afford is sucking a dick. Or as the uh, doctor calls it, <laughs> the copay. Yeah, definitely. That is the copay. But, you know, this is a scenario that you can play out across the nation. If, you know, he's one guy they caught in New York City, there's probably 100 or 200 more doing the exact same thing. Yeah. I mean, no no, no telling how many. And, and that's the uh, insurance is... is which eventually comes back to us, right? The doctors pay higher insurance because of it, and then we pay higher doctor fees for it. Uh, I mean, higher health insurance rates. I mean, it's it eventually it's bad for the community, is what I'm saying. It's not just bad for these uh, junkies. Oh, it's bad for all parties concerned. Um, you know, it, it. Trust me, I'm sure this guy's practice was. Uh, I I saw that he was a geriatric specialist. 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure that this guy's whole practice revolved around these people coming in there. As we used to say, cracking scripts. Um, there's other doctors involved that give these people prescriptions. They give them to this guy. Um, it's a mess. The New York State has a small unit that does this kind of work uh, of investigators. But it's exceptionally small. I worked with them some years back and, uh, you know, periodically they would call us up, ask us for a hand, or we would ask them for help. It's a very small, small unit, completely overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. There's just not a whole lot of oversight or people looking into what's going on with this. You'll get a a rare case like this where, you know, the feds will get involved, they'll have resources, and then they move in and make arrest. But it's just the tip of the iceberg. This garbage is everywhere. Well, it, it, as he summed it up, you know, because uh, obviously he did appear before a judge just recently, and I, I believe this is ongoing here for for a little while. This this huge operation, which did involve the FBI as well, uh, and and this is there's a lot of different activities here too. But I'll get to that in a second. Uh, the way he explained it, he solicited sexual favors from five patients in return for writing them. Uh, an opioid to prescription. So just for the prescription, you know, they don't even, they still have to pay for the shit, but I mean, the stuff is very hard to get. So his way of explaining that was, uh, he said they had a need. Oh yeah, they had a need. So did he. Yes. Yeah. I think theirs was a little more pressing though, you know, and he was also in control. You know I mean? Like he's the guy who can say, Hey, you get this or you don't. And when you, when you need that stuff now, I mean, I think that by and large, you're better off, you know, fucking with this uh, old doctor than shooting a pharmacist, you know, which happens sometimes too, you know, like up on Long Island. This has been years ago, but I was Father's Day and these guys just came in and blasted, you know, this pillar of the community type guy because they needed those pills. I mean, Oxy is apparently just an amazing drug. Well, you know, it's funny you mention that. In 2002, we had a homicide in the 19th precinct of a pharmacist in his store on Madison Avenue. And it turns out this guy was like, you know, in very hoity-toity location. But it turns out this guy was one of the biggest oxy pushes in the country. You know, there was all sorts of people going in and out of that, that store. You know, like I said, this is Madison Avenue up in the 90s, ritzy neighborhood. And there's like ghetto thugs and scales and junkies and and you just name it waltzing in and out of there but that's what this guy did he had boxes of cash and it went in and killed him it took us about five years four or five years but we wound up crack we eventually cracked the case there was no shortage of people who wanted this guy dead you know even within his community of pill pushes he was a scumbag so there was wow. no no, wow. no shortage and um and two guys came in, and that's exactly what they did. They killed them. In order to get the uh, drugs. Yeah, drugs and money. Drugs and money. I wonder if all these junkies were sticking their heads out the window every evening at 7 across, you know, uh, over the summer and, and, and cheering for the medical professionals who do work so hard, you know I mean? Because uh, they certainly had a personal connection to the, uh, to, to the healthcare providers, didn't they? Well, yeah. Well, you know, in this particular case, the guys that came in and robbed them were not junkies. These guys were professional uh, stick up men. These, these were bad oh, guys. Oh, I see. I was, I was thinking more about just the guys who write the prescriptions like, uh, like Santiamo here, but these, uh, professional stick up guys, you say, and they, uh, yeah, they knew where the money was at. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, 
these are some serious guys. And it was funny because we arrested one of them out in Far Rockaway, which is a, the land that time forgot. If you've never been out there, uh, some people some people call it Rockapulco. Um, to me, it was one of the strangest places. I, you know, it's just not a place I spent a lot of time in in my life. You know, tough, tough neighborhood. Hit hard by Sandy, wasn't it? Yes, it, it was. It was. Yeah, I uh, I saw some video from that. And it's, looting is a lot more complex when you have water and wind and, and all that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, you got to hijack a boat, you know, and, uh, you know. <laughs> it's more of an extreme sport. Yeah, you need hip waders, stuff like that. But then you have the entrepreneurial types. You know, they're they're trying to get the water, you know, and all that kind of stuff. They're, hey, you know what? Uh, this stuff resells for for pretty good. This is very interesting about this guy. Do you, if you don't mind, if I bring it back to uh, this uh, no, here, he was involved. This guy, Joseph Santiamo, in a nasty dispute with his brother, the late Doctor Kenneth Santiamo, who was a chiropractor. And this uh, dated back almost nine years. Now, Santiamo uh, Joseph uh, sued his brother Kenneth for a million dollars, alleging Dr. Kenneth Santiamo had sullied his reputation and degraded him in front of patients and staff. And at the time, uh, they shared a common waiting room in their Richmond Avenue building, and uh, they had their offices across the hall from each other, spoken to each other in years. Well, a, a typical family period. You know, a lot of people have this relative they haven't spoken to. They don't even remember what it's about a lot of times, and they just are so stubborn. And I think it almost becomes a form of like passive aggressive love. I, I, I feel like I feel like that's how they express their affection for one another is just by you know being in the same room and not speaking to one another. You know, I mean that's like it's basically the only thing they agree on. You know, in Goodfellas, I think it's summed up best. Uh. <laughs> It was real greaseball shit. It was something amongst the Italians. Uh-huh. Yeah. Real greaseball shit. Real greaseball oh, oh, shit. <laughs> you can say that because you are yourself a greaseball. I am. Uh, I am 50% uh, greaseball. <laughs> uh, what's the other half? Irish? Uh, Irish. Irish. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yes. Perfect hoodlum. Uh, yeah, I really got like the... Probably got the worst attributes of both, um, you know, hard-headed, you know, stubborn, cranky, you know. These, these are not bad qualities. You know what we, we say about the Irish, having Irish Alzheimer's, forget everything but a grudge. <laughs> hey, uh, well, therefore, you uh, release the uh, Joe Biden insult bot, the Biden insult bot on me, which is... I know I sound like like a, like a super boomer for getting a big kick out of this, but I love these things, uh, shit like this. So this was... Um, you, I uh, saw that thing pop up a few months ago. Uh, what the hell is this? And then I clicked on it, and it's a computer-generated insult that, you know, when you type that into Twitter, it responds back to you with some pretty snappy insults. Um, yeah, yeah. Biden I style. really enjoy it. Yeah, let's see. The, the particular insult that I got was... Uh, let me see. Uh, <laughs> replying to me. I'm trying to. Oh, I'm, I'm, it says you're too bit shy of a silver dollar, you three legged penny farthing. That's what it, that's the Joe Biden insult. About. And then I, I responded to you. I don't know if you've seen it. It's Joe Biden saying, I've got half a mind to box your ears, you hullabaloo and leftover succotash. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Love it. There is also a 
Yoda. So uh, it's all bought out there also. Just so got, you know. Got to get on that. James is one of those guys. He's always trying to give you information. Like, you know, what's going on in the neighborhood so you leave him alone. But by the same token, anything he gave you, you know, he comes up to me whispering one night. He goes, yo, man, he says, you know all them broken car windows around here lately? He says, yeah, man, somebody's knocking out a lot of cars. Yo, it's a big white guy walking a dog, trying to look like a big white guy walking a dog. Pulled up. I said, what are you doing? Oh, I'm having a little problem. I said, you shit your pants. Goes, yeah, I'm feeling, feeling a little loose tonight. Oh, uh, you filthy animal. Yeah. It's a big white guy walking a dog, trying to look like a big white guy walking a dog. <laughs> did you see the picture of this Joe Santiago guy? No, I did not. It's, 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 a, it, it's pretty amusing, the one that they that they use. It's from 2005, so he doesn't look 65. He looks, you know, he, he's a rotund guy, and he's got a full Italian head of uh, Staten Island hair, and it is... Uh, Boy, oh boy, that guy, he's got a mustache. The photo, of course, that the Post uses is just, it's its perfect. Under the headline, Staten Island doctor admits to prescribing opioids in return for sexual favors. I'm looking at this picture now, and, and I have to say, um, he looks like something out of central casting for Italian gangsters. But then again, I'm looking at him. He looks like a young Frank Cannon. Remember the old TV show, Cannon? Yeah, Cannon. Yeah, yeah. He was a, he was a, a heavy detective. Yes. Right? Right? Or was he a PI or was he a, a, a cop? He was a, a PI. Cannon. Yeah, I, I never did watch that show a hell of a lot. But uh, I do remember he drove a big American car of like the Ford LTD type or something like that. I mean, it was... Uh, About 40 uh, feet long. Weighed uh, about seven yeah. tons. 80 Good feet wide. wide. Like, you could barely get the hood closed on a fucking thing. You know what I mean? Back in the days when we would pull up to a gas station, these guys would clean the windshield, this would pump the gas, and they clean the windshield. Eventually, it was the only station in town that that did all this shit, of course. But they did a good job, man. They were, uh, they, 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 people used to take pride in a job like that. I really, I'm, I'm sounding older by the minute. Well, I'll tell you what. I was in a gas station in New Jersey last week. It's a new, ch- a relatively new chain, um, and I've been there a few times. And I will say the gas is cheap. The coffee is always fresh. And I've talked to the guys in, in a few of these gas stations. I mean, Jersey, it's mandatory. they got to pump your gas, number one. The guy takes the time, does your windows, couldn't be nicer. Service and friendliness seems to be one of their hallmarks. I Really, really impressed. You never hear that these days. You know, I, I there was a downslide. There was a variety of shit that these guys did. These uh, the, these drug peddling, whatevers. You know, uh, in defrauding all this money. And I have a question about one of these, and I hope you'll be able to help me out. Uh, it says the illegal uh, activities of defendants allegedly. This is from NewJersey.com, NJ.com. The illegal activities of defendants allegedly committed. Ran the gamut, it says, of uh, using the healthcare system. Defendants were charged with uh, misprescribing opioids, improperly running pharmacies, compounding prescriptions, and and then it says tricking patients into genetic testing. What the hell is that? Same nonsense with you know uh, you know twenty three andme dot com, but right now one of the things that you see is um, they're doing genetic testing. 
to determine if you have uh, any kind of genetic defects. You know, should you be looking to have kids? If you, you know, if there's anything floating around in there that you should know about. But how would it benefit them? Do they get a kickback from 23andMe or something like that? For they're not running it through 23andMe, but it's you know what they they are doing though is is they're billing probably the state or the feds for this uh, for this kind of testing. But you know you look at a place out in Queens, in the Rigo Park Forest Hills area. That zip code, that one zip code. Don't get me wrong; it's a congested area. That. One little area is the highest amount of like Medicaid payments in the United States for medical services. It's 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 about a billion and a half dollars. That's just one little zip code. You get these guys out there, Medicaid scams, the, the medical fraud. It's 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 a gigantic problem. It's it's a huge problem. But you get yes, doctors yes. in those areas. There's all sorts of testing. You have scams with car accidents uh, where it's. Oh, go see my friend, you know, he'll do the CAT scan on your back. And then I have another friend over here who's a back surgeon. And in the interim, while you're doing this, go see my friend, the lawyer, who will sue the people, you know, the other party in the accident. They were all in cahoots. It, it, it's just one giant smorgasbord of fraud. Well, these shit doctors, uh, though, they're, they're just prescribing uh, stuff, like I said, with the Oxycontin. It can be any one of a host of things. Ridiculous medical medical testing that people don't need. Um, you know, you wonder why medicine and, and everything's so expensive in this country, medical insurance. It's because of stuff like this. There's just a huge amount of fraud involved in it. Money has become such a like a nebulous thing. The government has all this money that they just print and give it. I mean, like from the Federal Reserve, or however all that shit works. I, it, it's almost... It, it, it's almost lost a lot of the meaning that it had. I mean, it, it, do you know what I mean by that? Well, people say money is the root of all evil, and I think it's actually the lack of money is the root of all evil. Oh, man. That's when people are going to do things they shouldn't do. But, you know, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to cast dispersions, or as we used to say in Brooklyn, throw asparagus at uh, <laughs> any particular group of people. But the Russians are heavily involved in Medicare fraud. It's a colossal moneymaker for Russian organized crime. Absolutely mm. gigantic. And they take a, they game the system here. Um, and that's just the way it is. Well, you know, America have, is good country. Yes, we have a system that is ripe for gaming. That's for sure. And now here's a different game in Brownsville. Violent Brooklyn. An EMS unit was robbed in the, the most violent borough after the suspect apparently made a bogus call to lure them in. The incident was reported Monday, 11 p.m., at uh, it was on uh, 365 Sackman Street. You know where that is. Oh, I know where it is. Shithole. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's you mean it's not the it's not the nicer street among the nicer streets in Brownsville. I, I think a few shows back, I, I said that if you're going to give the world an enema, that's where the hose would go. Uh, I mean, that is just <laughs> it. Shitsville over there. It's yeah. tough, like I said, but the cops over there are truly excellent phenomenal cops in one of the toughest precincts in new york city and they don't hate it you mentioned that they don't hate it they they have a good relationship with the, a lot of the community there and they're i mean christ knows they're, they're more needed there than they are anywhere else probably without a doubt absolutely yeah. 
And and people could use a little more gratitude, like I'm sure they do have in Brownsville, one seven one eight, where uh, police say a 45 year old man and a 28 year old woman, part of a voluntary ambulance squad, responded to that location uh, for reports of a patient experiencing difficulty breathing. So they took the elevator to the 11th floor, where they were met by a masked man with a firearm. He took their supply bag, sent them back downstairs to the lobby. The bag was later found with the radio and tablet missing. So that's what they got, a radio and a tablet. Uh, maybe the guy was hoping for uh, a little bag of drugs. I mean, obviously EMS I mean, isn't carrying that stuff around. It seems like a lot of trouble to go to just to steal uh, a tablet and a radio, you know? Yeah, but you're not dealing with the with the rocket surgeon here either. <laughs> if I was a stick up man, I could think of more productive things to do um, than luring somebody into a housing pri- pretty good shot. This numbskull lives in that building or he lives very close by. Um, I, I don't see the point mm-hmm. of stealing a radio and a tablet. Um, I mean, unless he likes listening to EMS calls when he's at home after a hard day's work. I just don't, uh, Get it. Is, is there any way that that could be helpful in, in, in the commission of crime? Not to him. I mean, you know, I could see if it was some kind of nefarious terrorist plot, you know, to infiltrate law enforcement or whatever to, you know, use an ambulance to get into a, a, a secure location. But you're dealing with the typical Brooklyn knucklehead. Well, I don't know. Almost upon it for $25. I mean, what does he think? Is he, is he going to get... You know, drugs in the bag. I mean, I don't know. It's uh, he is not the Lex Luthor of crime. I can tell you that. Yes. Now, uh, we have some sort of an incident here in Times Square. It began as, as a dispute. It says it began as a dispute before escalating into a fight. The incident uh, began as a dispute, escalated into a larger fight, took place at 47th Street and Broadway around nine o'clock. NYPD officers, some on horseback, arrived to help bring the situation. Oh, my God. God. The brawl broke out among street performers. <laughs> well, I mean, if it, really, maybe they're just taking their game up a notch, you know? I mean, like, that's quite a performance. I'm sure it drew a crowd. Yeah, well, is it the street? Is it those clowns dressed up in costumes or? Yeah, no, no, it's not the mascots. It's more of these, like, uh, you know, like singer dancer types, you know, dancers and, you know, they're acrobats, I, I believe is what. Yeah, they're fucking street clowns. That's all they are. And, 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 you know, what people don't realize is that when you get those bands operating and you get somewhat of a crowd, a crowd around them watching, it's a pick, it's a field day for the pickpockets in the neighborhood. Oh. They love it because these people are not paying they're not paying attention. They're from out of town. They're watching, oh, this great New York street life stuff with their heads in their ass. And meanwhile, uh, these guys are looting. <laughs> no, is that people are are they still get their their pockets picked? That's that's real. There's pickpockets. They're still out there. They're still out there. It's not like I don't know if it's as prevalent as it was a few years ago. You got to remember because we're not getting crowds. Oh, shaping yeah, up. that's true, too. We're not getting the subways as crowded as they were. Being a pickpocket cop is really, you have to be exceptionally good. I, I mean, real pickpockets, you didn't, you never even see them move. Uh, they they operate so fast. They pass, the po- they pass the wallet off to somebody else real quick. And before you know it, it's mayhem just trying to grab them. 
Right. Real good pickpockets, though. You'll never even know they're out there. It's an amazing old school skill. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's different crews. You get a lot of guys, a lot of guys from Columbia will work over in the Diamond District. And many years ago, there used to be like a Wendy's on 45th and 5th. And it was a shape-up location for the crews. And then they would walk down 47th Street. They would squirt ketchup on you and say, oh, you got ketchup on you. Let me clean you off. Like, and you're so shocked, but you know, like really, where does fucking ketchup come out of the sky? Um, it was ketchup, mustard, chocolate, you name it, more scams, flat tires on your car. It was really like a, its own subcategory of crime. Yeah. It sounds like really, really it's performance based. They have to like, you know, there's an element of acting and shit. It's not just like holding a gun on somebody and taking their money. And it's also, it's not really about intimidation. You know, you you want the person, you want to trick the person, right? I mean, ideally it's charming. It's it's a kind of a, I hate to say it, but, but there's a certain charm to that compared to, you know, yeah, it's like a little, uh, it's like you're getting kissed while you're getting fucked a little bit, you know, to gentler, kindler times, you know, um, I can appreciate a criminal like that, a, a man who cares about his craft and his art form, and yeah. he's not hurting people. I mean, yeah. it sucks to be a victim of them, but it's a whole lot better than some thug punching you in the face and robbing you or sticking a gun in your face. And, and that happens more and more, doesn't it? Random slashings on the, uh, on the train, random punchings and shit like that, that sort of thing is up. We're, we're also, as I understand, a 14, at a 14-year high in shootings have you come across this story wow who'd have thought that would have happened no it's strange right i mean like uh we have only been predicting this for six years <laughs> the chickens have come home to roost and now we're at the stage where it behooves them to keep this lockdown going on and they better pray for a lot of cold weather and snow mm-hmm. to keep people off the streets because these everybody's carrying guns again they're shooting each other left and right I mean, I know the police department's trying, but their hands are tied to a degree. Though, I mean, like, the politicians love it. They, the, the, the more fucked up it is, the better. Yeah, but I, what is the end game here? To destabilize the country and 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 force us into a position of dependence on the government, and then and and fear the rest of the time, because really they they want a certain category of a person, you know, a certain racial or ethnic type of person to be uh, in fear and to possibly leave. You know, anybody who has a you know anything that is not the prevailing attitude about these things, which is that hey, you know. Uh, Black Lives Matter, period. That's all that matters. Uh, anybody who's not thinking that, I think they just as soon have them gone, demoralized, dispirited, or, you know, dead. Yeah, but what, what's going to happen at some point, you reach a breaking point. Number one, we're out of money. State's out of money. City's out of money. They're broke. They're in the hole. Now you have this weird, fucked up situation that we're in right now, limbo world that New York City is in. And you have a firm like Goldman Sachs earlier this week said they're looking to move to Florida. Goldman Sachs is the big dog. And once the big dog packs up and goes and leads the way, you can bet your ass all those other companies that are down on Wall Street in the financial district, they're right in back of them. I, I mean, you know, they've threatened this before in the past. But what is the reason to be here? A few years ago, this was a world-class city. It's now a second-rate dump, and it's becoming unsafe. And what what happens when we go back to the levels of the 80s and the 90s? You know, your talent doesn't want to come here. It's expensive. It's high taxes. Who needs their shit 
You don't need right. to be here. When the people that generate wealth, when they're gone, who's left to fund all this liberal utopia bullshit that they're foisting on us? Who's going to pay the bill? That's when they have to start reimagining, you know, and, and we're hearing more and more talk of that. Uh, it all plays into, you know, this is not my belief. I've read about this great reset, you know, that uh, Klaus Klaus Schlob, uh, the whole thing is is like his one of, one of his deals. And now it looks like this this whole, uh, not to get too far off New York City crime here, but I have to mention the uh, you know, the vaccines. My understanding is that they are going to interfere with reproduction. They're going to make uh, women more likely to be infertile, and they're going to make men a little bit more sterile. So, I mean, I'm personally, I'm thinking, well, I got a girl that, uh, you know, she's still young enough to get... If I can get her to to take the vaccine, maybe I can dump my load in her, you know? Well, <laughs> all I know is I, I just before... that. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. But uh, <laughs> just before, no, it's not in the room. Is she? Is it's in the room? She's in the next room. Okay. I'll get the. Oh, I'll good, get good. the okay. evil look later. But the um, one of the the articles I read there's a bunch of people in the Pfizer vaccines that have been issued it. They're getting Bell's palsy. That's where your face droops. Oh boy! This didn't pop up in your preliminary trials. I mean, I don't know who to believe anymore about anything. I, I, you can't trust the what's coming out of you know the government. You can't trust these medical companies. And I, I mean, what is the right answer? I, I don't know what the right answer is. Anything that contradicts the things that CNN are saying, anything that is like that seems like a significant story that CNN isn't covering, and just I'm using them as like you know I'm talking about them as the uh, avatar for all of these, uh, like the New York Times and the Washington Post, all of them. I think that. Any, yeah, anything that they're not covering that seems like it's very, very significant and should be covered, that that I believe. You know, it's it's strange, but it's it's like the news is still helpful to watch because then you know, okay, well, that's definitely not true. Well, I, I'll tell you this, Pat. We, we have to get back to murder and mayhem and stuff like that because all this talk is just getting me depressed. Oh, it's a bummer. You know, it's it's. I'd rather talk about like quadruple homicides than to think about what's going on with the government, with COVID, with vaccines, just yeah, all the yes. bullshit and the lying. It just doesn't stop. You got it, Pete. You know, who would have thought though that that the that the quadruple homicides would be the the bright point of the podcast or, or the uh, you know what the, the the lighter part of the news? But simple, right? You understand it. There's a motive. They do it. It's pretty straightforward. Of course, the guy's lying. He said he didn't do it. You know, he did it. You know, it, it's you know, the the criminal justice system compared to the media and the and politics and everything that happens now. Uh, it's 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 a it's like. Oh, it's like home cooking, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, but that brings us to another depressing fact. The criminal justice system is not functioning anymore. I, I mean, they've gutted it. So, I mean, it's it, we really live in an upside-down world. Absolutely world. insane. Well, New York City Crime Report may be the only functioning part of the criminal justice system right now. Now, I don't know if you've been... There's a lot of stories about Maxwell. She's in jail. She's in New York City. And apparently, they're so tough that the accused pedophile procurer, as the Post refers to her, is losing her hair, wasting away to skin and bones. 
she's like, yeah, I guess she's on the uh, the tombs diet. Uh, she's not in the tombs though. Where is she? She's in the. Uh, the she's in the, the uh, metropolitan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that a? And that, I don't know. That, Am I supposed to be upset? Yeah. Considering <laughs> what she's sure. done with her life. Uh, I'm not. Yeah. I don't. Maybe it's just me. I'm just not all that upset. I could give a fuck if she went bald. To be quite honest with you. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'd love her just as much bald as as I do currently. It, while her weight may be currently fairly consistent, she had lost over 15 pounds and is sustaining hair loss. Wrote attorney Bobby uh, Sternhelm. But it's they always got to be asking for something. They're over. Uh, the judge is Allison Nathan, U.S. District Judge Allison Nathan, overseeing Maxwell's uh, sex trafficking case. Filing was in response. To, yeah, go ahead. It was in response to a letter the Federal Bureau of Prisons sent the judge, insisting that Maxwell is well cared for and has maintained a healthy 134 pound weight. So that sounds fine. I mean, like, so the the, the Federal Bureau of Prisons said, no, she's 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 good. Uh, Maxwell's lawyers have frequently complained about the onerous terms of her confinement, including frequent strip searches. Uh, hey, how do you like it? You know, uh, being awoken every 15 minutes by a flashlight at night to ensure that she's still alive and countless meals consisting of no more than bread and butter. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, tough shit. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm like you. I, I don't really see how bad I'm supposed to feel about this. She's locked up for doing... Very likely some, I mean, I undeniably some very, very bad things. Yeah, well, I, I mean, if she's looking for sympathy, you can find that in the dictionary between shit and syphilis. Because, um, you know, <laughs> you're not getting it from me, that's for sure. Yeah, she can go fuck herself, which is probably the best way to pass the time when you're in. When yeah, you're well, in I mean, I'm sure it's not a delightful place to be in, uh, um, but. You know, this is a woman that was truly, you know, given a lot of gifts in life. She came from a very wealthy family. She had an excellent education. And she goes on this course of, I don't know what you want to call it, but with Jeffrey Epstein, and you want me to feel sorry for you? If they had her locked up in some kind of, uh, you know, deluxe facility where she had everything that she wanted, needed, everything she got. I mean, like, we would, it's bad enough that, that Epstein, you know, got to make his escape uh, back to his island or wherever he is now. Because uh, I, I didn't see the body there. Did you see the body? Did you see Epstein's body? I didn't see Epstein's body. I saw some alleged photographs of it. Which looked like kind of uh, nondescriptive. I mean, I, now I don't know the ones you saw, but but I did see some sort of photograph of something, but it didn't seem... I don't know. What do I know? I've, I haven't seen that many dead bodies, you know. But like, uh, it, 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 the whole situation is it was, was weird to begin with. Those two guys, the the, the guards were sitting there uh, doing Black yeah, Friday yeah, shopping. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they they just elected him to death. It's just, it's just that uh, it's, they just like leave this guy alone. He's going to take care of himself. Uh, I I think in her own way. She can be almost as damaging, you know, uh, as Epstein could have been. Um, I yeah, think there's going to yeah. be some people that, that really, uh, one of whom being a former president of the United States, um, I think is going to, you know, they're going to have serious problems with this. Yeah, yeah. 
And and when you got too many people like that who have too much to lose, forget it, man. They don't care about optics. They will make it happen. So back to that uh, 14-year high in shootings. About to hit one. Uh, uh, New York, uh, NYPD Police Commissioner Dermot Shea said the increase of gun violence should make New Yorkers stop and pause. We had nine shootings across uh, New York City yesterday. Last year, that would have been a full week. He said we had a FedEx driver in uniform shot in Brooklyn. Every metric we see is disturbing. Officers are making gun arrests, but days later, suspects are released from custody and back on the street. Uh, Shea said the increase in violence might be related to COVID-19. I, it's related. I mean, of course, everything's related to COVID-19, but let's hear his explanation. He says, my fear is too much of this is certainly COVID. This is a year like no other, but COVID is not going to be the end all and be all, in my professional opinion, Shay said. We will still have to grapple with some of these problems that we are seeing. Yeah, I, um, no, it, it's not COVID. It, it's COVID may be driving people crazy, you know, and just amping up the anger level at times. But no, this is when you got when you got the criminal justice system, when you put the criminal justice reform laws like you put in earlier this year, and you basically let every animal out out of the jails, and then anybody that's getting arrested for serious crimes is getting cut loose from the station house, you know, you send the message. It's just go out there, do what you want. You know, the worst that's gonna happen is you might spend a night in the precinct. That's it. So, you know, there's absolutely no repercussions. There's nobody's going to jail. So go out and do what you want. Shoot it up. Rape, kill, rob, whatever it is you like doing, go out and do it. Because nobody's going to do shit about it. So long as you're not out there doing stand-up comedy, so long as you're not trying to go into the museum without a mask on. Now, uh, the mayor, Bill de Blasio, said what's going on in the city is a, quote, perfect storm end quote, in 2020. What's going on this year? An absolute perfect storm. There's nothing like it in the history of NYC before. Let's be really clear. I've noticed that when they say, let's be really clear, they're always lying. You cannot combine a massive health crisis, tens of thousands of people dying, hospitals overwhelmed, economy shut down, schools shut down, houses of worship shut down, society not having its normal moorings all at once, a social justice crisis. Yeah, I mean, come on. He says, this is not like anything we've seen in our history, and I believe not like anything we'll see again in our lifetimes. Hold on a second, asshole. You are the one who created the perfect storm. You shut the economy down. You ensured that uh, tens of thousands of people died. Uh, Houses of worship shut down. Whose fault is that? Society not having its normal moorings. All those things are things that are directly attributable to our mayor and our governor, and he's uh, and he's using that as an excuse. Whatever you do, don't open up your bar on Staten Island. Do not, don't open up Max Public House, which uh, apparently they don't have a liquor license no more and can't open up no more. Uh, our our buddy down there, Scott Lobedo, has been behind that cause. The Proud Boys even showed up to help protest, uh, to help, you know, to be there to show support and all that kind of stuff. The, these are not violent uh, demonstrations at all. This is simply, you know, uh, a, a bunch of uh, a bunch of guys coming out saying, like, hey, we want to do business. So he opened up his business uh, in defiance of the edict, you know, it, the sheriff of Nottingham type asshole that uh, Cuomo is. And, you know, they really do crack down on you when you're trying to make a point. 
Well, you know what? The perfect storm with de Blasio has been brewing since 2013 uh, when he took office. Uh, make no mistake. Uh, actually, January 2014. That storm has been brewing uh, for five and a half years. That was, you know, his actions. This didn't happen overnight, um, in particular with the stuff as it relates to violent crime. And it, you, you you look at him and you look at Cuomo and, uh, you know, it, I had a laugh the other day. Did you see Cuomo's press conference with Fauci? We're like De Niro and Pacino. No, you're not. You're not that at all. You're you're a fucking boob. You're a wannabe tough guy, uh, which yeah, is what Robert De Niro is. <laughs> you know, if, if this is what's going there. on in your head as the governor of New York State, if you're doing a televised press conference, and this is where your your mind is going to De Niro and Pacino, you're just a complete, absolute tone deaf. Nitwit, uh, you know, yeah, and Fauci yeah. sitting there. Oh, I'd like a steaming pastrami sandwich and a Nathan's hot dog. Uh, you know what, bro? Uh, you can stick that hot dog up your and you can that steaming sandwich on. Let's listen to. Uh, you want you want to hear it play out? Sure. You want you want to hear this? Uh, this 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 made me laugh. You you actually sent me this clip. Wasn't even aware of it. Now it, like. And, and I think that what we're hearing here is Cuomo doing two things, trying to humanize this guy by sort of like, you know, joking around with him and kind of almost big brothering him a little bit here. Uh, you know, he's definitely a much more charismatic guy than Fauci. This is, you know, frankly, corpse like uh, type of, of individual who doesn't he's like a lying machine. Anyway, let's listen to it. Maybe we enlist you. I'll do it with you. We'll do an ad telling New Yorkers it's safe to take the vaccine to, uh, to you know, put us together. We're like the uh, modern day uh, De Niro and Pacino. You can be which whenever, whichever you want. You can be either De Niro or Pacino. <laughs> Fauci and Cuomo, I'll give you a front. Who, who do you want to be? See, they're practically paisan, Pete. Pacino. Which one do you want to pick? I love them both. I love them both. I don't want to insult one or the other. I say one, I don't want to hurt the feelings of the other. Yeah. Wait, I thought there was a deadly pandemic ripping through the goddamn United States. Why are you laughing about this shit? This guy is more like Himmler and Dr. Mengler. You know, I would say Laurel and Hardy, but the truth is. What Cuomo did in this state was unbelievable. Is eleven thousand elderly people died alone in scared nursing homes because of his policies, and Fauci has been a rock of inconsistency since day one. I mean, if you don't know an answer, just say you don't know. Well, they only listen to him. He, he he's the one they always go to when it, when he's saying something draconian and shitty. But when he's saying like, "No, you can vote. It's cool. Go ahead and vote in person. That's fine." Or kids should, you know, like the students should be in school. You know, he has said a couple of things like that, and that just goes totally under the radar. I don't know. So let's listen to this. I, I, I'll cheer us back up again, Pete. I'm sorry. I, I keep taking us down this depressing road. <laughs> Who is the politician? All right, last question. I know you're down in Washington. You're doing great duty, but I know you miss New York. Uh, what? We want to figure 
you I want to send you from Christmas for Christmas. What food do you miss the most that you can't get down there that you could get if you were back here in New York and Brooklyn? Now, obviously, this is a, a question that's a, uh, it doesn't get any more softball than this. It's like, wow, we're going to learn something about the doctor and like what the, the comfort food that he enjoys. And, and, and obviously, Cuomo is hoping for something, hey, a meatball from, the, you know, whatever, you know, some kind of, like you said, greaseball shit. Here's his answer. And I guess he uh, got. Cuomo is like, he's releasing, you know, some people have their inner child. He's releasing his inner guinea. And uh, it's it's the same <laughs> shit that he does when he goes on about his mother's sauce and shut up, all right? It's yeah. just stop. A lot of Italians up here in New York. I guess that's the point. There is. And I dream back of my days in the Bensonhurst section of Brooklyn. The thing that comes to my mind are two things: a nice Nathan hot dog. You heard what he just said. A nice. Nathan hot dog. Now it's such a staple of his life growing up and so emblematic of his childhood in his neighborhood. He doesn't know what the fuck it's called. A Nathan hot dog. It's a Nathan's hot dog. Obviously a little geography lesson. He's from Bensonhurst. Well, Nathan's is in Coney Island. It wasn't like you right. walked down to the corner and got yourself a Nathan's hot dog. When I was, uh, I grew up in the Bensonhurst section of Brooklyn. I mean, you might say it that way uh, if you're writing a book or something, you know. But obviously, this is an informal situation. But he is reading the answer that he that was prepared for him word for word. You can tell the Bensonhurst section of Brooklyn. The thing that comes to my mind are two things: a nice. Nathan hot dog and a really steaming pastrami sandwich. <laughs> that would be really good. Why is it that he sounds like he's on match game or something? I, you know what? It, it, it's a ridiculous answer. I says, cause you know what? I myself am a connoisseur of hot dogs and pastrami. I go to oh. Sarge's deli. I go to, you know, I go to some of the finer pastrami uh, establishments in well, New York City. Pastrami I'm going to tell you something. I've been to the Pastrami Queen, but I will tell you this. I never walked in and said, let me get a steaming Pastrami sandwich. Because you want to know what's something? They would have thrown me out the door. All right? Yes. I said, yo, you know, simple as that, uh, you know, he says he wants a re he, he doesn't he, not only does he want a steaming one, he wants a really steaming pastrami sandwich, really steaming. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's it, it just drips of phoniness. It, it's I granted, I don't think he's been in New York. I think he's mostly based out of D.C. and everything. This guy's never had a hot. He's never had a hot dog in his fucking life. I doubt, I doubt, again, what does this guy eat, do you think? What is, what is this guy, besides the blood of babies and stuff like that, you know, that which he sucks out of their genitals, uh, like some kind of, you know, uh, the guy is completely evil, but I think that his diet is probably, he's probably on a Mediterranean diet or something. And a really steaming pastrami sandwich. It was phony. It's phony, and the only people that eat that shit up are these media types, you know, we get it. We understand the bullshit that's going on. I have way too much time to pay attention to shit like this. And other people are like living lives, having children and, uh, you know, doing things that are you know, spending their time in a more valuable way. Like, say, uh, trying to walk across the subway on an extremely thin 
I guess it's sort of a little tight. It's a it's not a tightrope, but this is the Brooklyn tightrope. This guy is uh, dressed down to his underwear and socks, and for entertainment, I suppose he set up this board. You also sent me this clip, uh, so you know the one I'm talking about. He's he's trying to. Uh, <laughs> and you can tell it's strictly for fun, trying to get across, you know, two, it looks like two uh, tracks. Well, that, that's, a, that's a center line track in the station. Yeah. That's the train you get on by accident. And when it pulls into the station and you got to get on one platform, but the doors open up on the other side. Yes. If he took a running leap, there's a pretty good shot. He might have spanned it, you know, might have broke his face on the other end. I don't know what that was. He's out there in his in his nicotine stained tidy whities trying to cross the. Uh, I don't know what he was thinking. I can't even tell what the hell he was on. He's got socks. He's he's wearing his he's, he's no shoes, just socks. They're telling him, "Don't look, don't look." And the thing he's trying to walk across clearly is going to break. Clearly is going to, and it does. It snaps. As you hear here, uh, <laughs> what a tard. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty entertaining. I guess that's the best you can say. You know, but people do things like that. And the next thing you know, it's clean up on track number two when the train exactly. rolls. Exactly. Yeah, the guy's on fire down there and track fires. You know, they, they end up in delays. You know, if, the, if this guy catches on fire. Well, if he gets hit by the train, then the emergency service guy's got to come in there. You got to clean that out. Then a special transit crew has got to come in. Everything gets shut down. Uh, very inconsiderate, um, if you think about it. Very but what gets me is the other two idiots that are with him holding the ends of the, the piece. I don't even know what that was. If it was plastic or if it was a piece of wood. It's wood, yeah. The one guy on the left is, like, trying to anchor it on his side. Did anybody not tell this guy, like, uh, maybe this isn't a good idea? You know. I, Are you kidding? They're, they're probably waiting for their turn. Yeah, I mean, uh, these people are uh, highly bored, highly bored, and they're rooting for him. They're telling him, hey, don't look down, don't look down. It's uh, The whole thing is pretty comical. I'll I'll tell you what, you can see that video at crimereport.nyc if you feel like checking it out. That's crimereport.nyc. Everybody go to my website for a change. What the fuck? Nobody's listening at this point, but if you are, maybe you'll do that. And also check out the Patreon account that I have. It's patreon.com. Slash Pat Dixon NYC. I'm not, I hate to throw all this shit at, out at you, so you can get it all. You can link to this stuff at CrimeReport.NYC. But Patreon is a nice thing. It helps uh, if you want to support the show. Uh, you know how it is. Podcasting, I, I, you're aware it, it pays an enormous amount of money, and I'm obviously financial, financially secure as a result. But every little bit does help, and it's about income streams. You got a dollar you want to throw. I don't beg for money. It's just not something I've ever done on the show. And if you guys want to do it, just don't. And don't. That's fine. Keep listening to the show. That's what matters to me the most. Share it with a friend if you can. Uh, if, if, if you don't feel like you can uh, contribute in any other way, that would be the best. Now, Pete, uh, we've come to the, to the last moment of the show, and I, I, I always embarrass myself by saying a huge thank you to you for coming on and, and uh, you know, devoting your time to, to share your experience from your many, many years as a, as a 
police officer as a detective, as a night watch detective here in New York City. And uh, we do appreciate your service here. Thanks so much. Glad to be here, man. And uh, I will talk to you again soon, I hope. And thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. the vaccines are safe. I said that the vaccine is deemed ready and safe. It's safe to take the vaccine, be the first one to take a vaccine. We'll do an ad telling New Yorkers to take the vaccine. We're like the uh, modern day uh, De Niro and Pacino. You can be which whenever, whichever you want, you take a vaccine. You can be the De Niro or Pacino <laughs> vaccine. Fauci I'll and Cuomo, Gene. I'll give you a fun boy. Who, who do you want to be, De Niro or Pacino? Which one do you want to be? I love them both. 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 I love them we want to figure out what to send you for Christmas. What food do you miss the most that you can't get down there that you could get if you were back here in New York and Brooklyn? You know, Governor, I need some hot cum for Christmas. Duty. When I dream back of my days in the Bensonhurst section of Brooklyn, yeah. the thing that comes to my mind are two things. A nice dog cock. And a really steaming pastrami sandwich. <laughs> what? <laughs> that would uh, be really great. I need some hot cum. All right. Really steaming. Nice hot dog. Yeah. Nathan hot dog. dog. All right. So you can only eat balls. Hot dog. <laughs> all right. Done. Doctor. Meatballs, meatballs, so much. Cannolis for everything you've done for this country. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, very much, Governor. God bless you. God bless you. It's, Thank you very uh, much, Governor. You know, this was a meatball that we really got to see what people were made of. Hot dog. Uh, when the pressure's on, uh, you see the weaknesses and you see the strength. And the pressure was on and uh, it forged you into a cock that really stabilized this country. And I know what to get you for cock. Send the bill to... Thank you very much. God bless you, doctor. Be safe. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. The guy asked for a Nathan hot dog and a pasami sandwich. From Bensonhurst. Safe.